Right, gang? You like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 261, Episode 4 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness, and it is Thursday, November 3rd, 2022, which of course means, hey, what, you know, what are we working with? There's only one thing to talk about, National Sandwich Day. Yeah. That's it. There's some other ones, but they are very uh, gender normative. <laughs> like, two of them is National Housewives Day, and the other one is National Men Make Dinner Day. What? <laughs> Men so it make feels dinner? Like, yeah, it feels like I you're mean. like, hey, fellas, for that housewife you got, maybe you can go pick up some Boston Market. Huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I fuck with sandwiches, though, and I think most of us do. Shout out to Sandwich, a good sandwich. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Remember, remember, the spliff of November, that time that I tried to smoke pot. I'm Taters O'Brien with Milky White Plumpers and wish that you all forgot. Uh, that is courtesy of Fighter of the Nightman, commemorating a time I tried to smoke pot, I guess, in this version of the expanded universe of my childhood. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray! Oh, on the heels of Jack tasting that new voodoo, it's 
Swedish fish is almost right. Fruity pebbles, Werner's bite. Something weird, but not name brand is in my doom. Wow. Shout out to Scouty Magoo on the Discord with that one. What? So where did we end, where did we end up in that song? What? What? I, I didn't quite catch the so Swedish fish almost right, but we, we're not sure. Fruity Pebbles that, Werner's bite, you know, because it was a little ginger ale adjacent, but you said it didn't have ginger beer bite. Right. So Werner's okay. does feel like a good, like your Werner. Got it. If it, wasn't okay. ger- if it wasn't ginger ale, then Werner's is you know Werner's. I wasn't picking up all the references. Oh, okay. You're not old. Well, you never yeah. had. You ever, who's the first person to give you a Verner's? It was my grandmother. <laughs> Verner's. I don't know. Yeah, probably. I, th- I think my grandparents had some Verner's in their garage. That was just all all dusty in those little like bottles, With like a you know? peel tab top. Yeah, like, Yo, where this came from? The fucking sixties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it came out of the bomb shelter. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the the ginger ale was medicine. Oh when yeah, I was yeah. A kid. Yeah, for yeah sure. my grandmother, she's like, this, she's like, you need to try Verner's. She's like, not Canada Dry, that's too much. I was mm. like, what? <laughs> but it's, <laughs> yeah, sure, all right. Shout out to Golden Sodas. Well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by a brilliant writer, speaker, social justice educator who's written yes. for Ebony Complex out the route and appeared on NBC News, BuzzFeed and Vox, among many others. Heard They're those. also the host of the amazing podcast BFF Black Fat Femme. Please welcome Dr. That. John Paul Higgins. I wish that I had a very interesting song to sing, but I will say that scam money don't make money, but freak money do. There it is. (laughs) (laughs) What's new, JP? Not much, you know, just trying, like I said earlier, trying to exist in a world that's not built for me. It's, uh, Uh you know, that's that's it. I'm just here, queer, and uh, not drinking a light beer. So, <laughs> <laughs> me neither. Was that freaky money you were quoting? Yeah, it, yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. So, oh, freak it, money okay. don't make money, yes. but scam money do. And freak money yes. by RuPaul. Yes, that is such like, a good I, song. I think I'm, I'm like, it, it mm-hmm. charged something. Good job for knowing. You know what, Miles? That's why I fucks with you. Good well, job you know, for I'm, knowing I'm, that. I'm, you know, I fuck with uh, RuPaul and, you know, the drag race, drag race people. You know, uh, mm-hmm. famously, uh, Shangela called me uh, her trade. So, you know, uh, wow. I'm, I'm out here. I'm out here. Yeah. Wow. wow. I love that for you. I love that journey. Yeah. For you. I love that for me, too. We had Shangela on and I was like, Shangela, do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> Very polite. She was like, yes, baby. But I was like, you don't. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you don't remember me but that's all yeah, right that's okay girl. and that's, that's okay right. but that's your texas like that's your that's your southern politeness and i'll take that yeah just as just as dearly close to my heart i love that i love that journey <laughs> how was uh how was halloween for you what, what was Hall- the... halloween was you know so sadly we only got one trick-or-treater oh, man. but we got this we had this big ass bag of candy that's now just sitting on top of our fridge that for the last three days, I've been slowly just kind of dipping my hand into. Um, but over the weekend, I did get to go to the Jackson family. Um, they have a, basically, it's called Thriller Night, and they do, it, they do it every year. This was the second year. Shout out to Taj for inviting me. But yeah, we got to hang out with the Jackson family. I got to hang out with Prince, Ooh. and uh, BG was there, and TJ was there. And it was, it was a really cool night. It was really fun. Damn. Okay. okay. And what, what happens at Thriller Night? 
Yeah. So it, it's so the 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 good thing about it is one. It is not just a, a whole bunch of who's who's that come together in the industry. It's really a, it's a night for them to raise money. There is they, it's called Heal Los Angeles is one of it, and then the DD found uh, the DD Jackson Foundation. Basically, both of the foundations are uh, to commemorate one the work that Michael Jackson did in terms of philanthropy to make sure that they are actually giving back to the community and helping folks who don't who basically are less fortunate. But DD Jackson's foundation, uh, I know TJ and Todd. Uh, they are very much in on that one. That one is to make sure that, you know, women, specifically women who have been battered or dealing with domestic violence, they have somewhere to go and have support once they're trying to kind of rebuild their lives. So it's a night full of fun. Um, I feel like I, I feel like I'm a spokesperson for it. <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's, a, it's a really yeah. good, it's it just both of the organizations do really good work and Prince and Taj have really made me feel like I'm a part of their family in, in a lot of ways. And this is really cool. But there's also this really cool maze. So it's at the Havenhurst Manor and they they do a maze inside the actual house. And it when I tell you that maze is spooky, it is spooky. Mm. Oh, but yeah. it's fun. It's a lot of fun. That's why I went to a haunted house <laughs> over the weekend at like this like local high school where like the yeah. high school drama department was doing a haunted house and it was like like five bucks to get in. And I was like, well, let me, you know, let's support the kids and see what happens. Yeah. And before I went in, I was with some people. I'm like, okay, so y'all think this is gonna be scary or it's gonna be a more like, oh, okay. <laughs> right. We went in. These fucking oh, kids went in. They, yeah. I mean, it's the drama department. So, like, half of the sh- the fucking spooked out shit was just kids acting like they had lost their shit. Like, full yeah. voice screaming, like, running, like, pulling their hair. I was like, oh, fuck. Like, <laughs> this like, is a lot. The energy yeah. was too much. Yeah. I definitely yeah. got, I got my $5 worth. And I, and I was kind of a, I, I regret being a bit of a hater before walking in. To be like, wow. yeah, we'll see what they got. Yeah, we'll they actually they touch got. you in the maze, uh, in the Jackson maze. Same. So you don't know who. Yeah, they were touching. They were. They, they basically tell you it is a hands-on experience. And <laughs> there were moments where you get, you know, something will grab your leg or grab your shoulder. And it that that's what I think made it even more scary was you never knew where you were going to be grabbed. So. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But we'd love to be scared. Love, yeah. a, love, love a good All right. house. Well, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. Yep. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of things that we're talking about. Uh, we're going to talk about Democrats being too quiet, defensive on messaging when it comes to the midterms and going up against Republicans, but then not too quiet when it comes to mainstream Democrats running against leftists. At least in, in my neighborhood, there was, a, there was a weird thing happening on Halloween night where they were like, they had a 12-year-old handing out flyers against, like, anti-Ugo flyers, mm. anti-DSA flyers. It was very, very strange. So just mm. contrasting, like, Gavin Newsom being like, we won't, like, we need to be more on the offensive, less on the defensive when it comes to the mainstream elections. But that that doesn't seem to be the pro- a problem when it comes to going against the left. I mean, I know y'all talked about the Pelosi attack yesterday, but I guess I'll just reiterate how fucking scary (laughs) a moment this is that that has officially been just normalized and turned into a punchline on the right. We'll check in with Roku City because that's what people are using (laughs) for escapist (laughs) fantasy, according to a depressing New York Times article. We'll talk about uh, the new blockbuster show. And just a, a brief history for our younger listeners of what, what Blockbuster was really all about. All of that. Plenty more. 
But first, Jonathan, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? Something from my search history. Oh, gosh, this is going to be the nerd in me. A lot of qualitative and quantitative um, explanations. <laughs> I am okay. teaching a research course right now. And so really just trying to figure out how do I break it down in the easiest terms for students to understand. That's all you're going to find in my search history. Mm. So, Get so through. What are, what, are we, what are we teaching the youth? What are we teaching them? Well, I think really mainly just how to do good research. I think mm. uh, that's one of the things about me. So in my past life, before I became an edutainer, I was an educator. Mm. And so I spent a lot of time teaching the babies how to do good research. I love research. I'm always one of those people that when something interests me, I will Google it to see where it started. And then if it means I have to go to a book or I have to reach out to someone else who may have a, a you know a more fonder knowledge of it that's just kind of me in the nutshell but I'm a very inquisitive person so you're going to get a lot of search history on research so and our listeners are obviously among the most educated humans on the planet otherwise they wouldn't be <laughs> listening to us but can you just to, for the purposes for purely academic exercise what is the difference between qualitative and quantitative okay yeah. so for the unlearned yeah, yeah so so bust it. So uh, <laughs> qualitative is when you're more focused on the narrative of someone's lived experience, uh, like, you know, ethnography, you're culturally. It, so so if I was going to do a qualitative study, I could probably do something to the avail of how has your life changed by listening to the Daily Zeitgeist? And I would sit down, I would ask them a whole bunch of questions about their experience with the show. And then I would put together a narrative after I interview quite a few people about why the Daily Zeitgeist is one of the best shows that's out there. Yes. Uh, quantitative, though, Love would be more along the lines of if I was to take a survey of listeners and I would ask them, you know, how often do you listen? Uh, right. What times do you listen? You know, how many episodes a day do you listen to? I listen to both. Um, I get pinged when the show goes live and then also when the trending episode comes up. So if someone mm -hmm. was like, oh, I listen to all of them, you know, I would take those numbers and then I would do a whole bunch of, you know, it's basically a whole bunch of statistical understanding of how people basically listen when they listen, trying to figure out the times. And then sometimes people do mixed methods where they will send out a survey first, ask a whole bunch of questions in regards to numbers, and then whatever numbers look most interesting, they'll pull those in particular surveys and sit down with those folks and ask them a whole bunch of interview questions. So questions. Yes, so, just yes. teaching folks. Yeah. Finishing mm -hmm. your sentence there, because I knew that, yeah. Yeah, it's basically just <laughs> trying to figure out what number. So qu so qualitative, what does your story mean? How did we get here? Quantitative is what do the numbers mean? And then sometimes mm -hmm. you use mixed method to understand what the numbers in a story mean, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. And do you mm -hmm. think that if we, if we started, you know, funding research, like got, got some backing, we could get that Daily Zeitgeist study? Yeah, Funded. yeah, you could also, yeah. you know what, I, the study that I would love to do is what type of do people like, right? Yeah. Do they Are they regular do drinkers? Are they Baja Blast <laughs> drinkers like myself? That's you know, we, we got to do a quantitative. That's Those are the real questions that need to be answered. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I feel like that those are the, those are the studies that have been done. They're not shared with us. They're but not. That, right. is, that is the information <laughs> hiding that exists. Them. Pepsi, Pepsi has the most advanced statistical analytics in mm -hmm. existence about those subjects. They just like don't share it. But that is yeah. that is what our greatest minds in yeah. science are hired and paid a lot of money to think about. 
Real talk, I've actually wanted to do a study on, in terms of qualitative, I've wanted to understand why certain parts, so like if you get, I don't know how, if you all travel, but if you get to a certain part of the U.S., it goes Pepsi. And then if you get to a certain other part of the U.S., it goes Coke. Mm -hmm. And I've always wanted to understand why that is. Like, why is it that more Western cities and states tend to be more Coke people versus when you start getting into like Oklahoma and you start getting into like New York or you get into like the the Pittsburghs and all of that, it's very much a Pepsi a, a Pepsi state. I've always yeah. wanted to know that. Yeah, I've lived in a bunch of different places, and the one time that I was a real like, actually, Pepsi would be preferred mm-hmm. to the waiter was when I was when I lived in New York. Like New yeah. York just has real Pepsi vibes for some reason. Yeah, and then Mountain <laughs> Dew obviously has a stranglehold throughout the South Southeast, but yeah, but it's. But that even though that's a Pepsi product, it is like Coke is the is the cola of that people prefer. So mm, interesting. Yeah. So that's what this episode's gonna be about, actually. Let's yeah. just dive in. <laughs> <laughs> what is uh what's something you think is overrated? Oh gosh, I'm probably gonna get you all canceled. I think Taylor Swift is overrated. I think <laughs> I saw I saw Miles' eyes. Um, said, no, really. I just, I've never seen it for that lady. I always refer to her as that lady. And, I and just, I'm sorry you to know, that lady. I, that lady. She's just that lady to me. And I genuinely don't see it for her. I think she's, or I think she's overrated. Um, I, I definitely think she's a mean girl masked as a, I'm just telling a story. Nah, girl, you're being messy. And I think that that's something that I wish more people saw. I Like, I see through her. I really do. Mm-hmm. Oh, you say, okay, you're like, you're like, you're doing a good job, though. You're doing a good yeah. job. Well, I like, mean, she's, a lot she's of been tricks. able to capitalize on it. So obviously Absolutely. she's doing a really good job. But I genuinely just don't see it for her. I, so I who, genuinely believe that she, she is that. So I'm going to say this. She is that girl that when you were in middle school, constantly did things and everyone else got in trouble but her. She's, she is that girl, in my oh, opinion. Oh, she's getting away. She's already getting away with it. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. knows okay. how to manipulate people to, she basically, yeah, she just personifies what white feminism is, in my opinion. I said what I said. Okay. Yeah, you said, wow. it. you said it loud. Mm-hmm. Who do you think should be, who is the person who needs, who isn't getting the Taylor shine that you like, you know who should be getting that shine is this artist. Uh, the person who is not getting the Taylor shine that they deserve. I genuinely, you know, so there is, I, I see people doing the challenge on the TikTok, uh, Victoria mm-hmm. Monet. I think should be getting all of the love and the shine that Taylor Swift is getting. It's just, I think she's a great performer, great writer, and she doesn't bother people. Like she does, you never hear anything negative about Victoria Monet in the, in the news. But yet for some reason, she's not as big as, you know, Taylor is, and I don't get why. So it'll take time. Sure. We'll get there. Well, the good news is Taylor Swift fans tend to be pretty measured and, you know, reasonable. So we should be good here. Use a lot yeah. of qualitative and quantitative analysis, <laughs> analysis. With, their, with their very opinions. much there. Absolutely. Much. I feel like right now, though, Carly Rae Jepsen is like overtaking Taylor Swift or like As at least on should. Twitter. I see As way more people getting turned up over CRJ, which, yeah, I'll fuck with her, too. So, yeah, I do, too. Yeah. OK. Yeah. What is something you think is underrated? Okay, so this is, I, I wrote this with my partner in mind. My partner is, you know, I, I, I love you, babe, if you hear this episode, which I'm sure you probably will in the house some, someday. But my partner, when we go on vacation, he is notorious 
for booking every single day with a million things oh. to do. And it's like, girl, we're on vacation. Like, why are we not resting? And so, like, I come back from vacation more tired than I did when I actually went on vacation. So I'm a believer that when you go on vacation, you should do nothing for mm. at least one to two days. Yeah. Like the like outside of going to get food, outside of maybe going to like a like I love going to Hawaii or I love going like to Mexico places where I know for a fact that there's like near water and there's a, a setup. Like outside of going outside to do that, like I don't know, I don't want to go boating. I don't want to go fishing. I don't want to do any of that. Like I just want to rest. So yeah. right. Resting yeah. on vacation. I think There's like, that is I, I notice people have divergent vacation styles. Like mm -hmm. just they there's I know mm -hmm. I know people who are fucking they, they when they go on trips, it's a fucking journey. It's an yes. adventure. And I'm mm -hmm. like, what the fuck? Y'all walked how many miles up a mountain? You hiked? Yeah. Mm -mm. No, nah, girl. I'm staying no. home. Vacation I'm comes with an unofficial checklist. And yeah. it's like, how many items can I get on this checklist no. oh, and knock off of this checklist? Yeah. Because, mm -mm. you know, like, I, I, yeah, I have to do this too. Like, when I'm planning a trip, Her Majesty will be like, I want to, you know, she's like, I don't want to just lay around all the day. And I'm like, okay, I get that. Because I'm a, <laughs> I'm a layabout type person. Same. And so I'm like, look, okay, we'll balance it out. How about we get the, activities done in the morning that way i'm so the rest of the around. day we can chill and that mm -hmm. works out because then we both get our fill of like we didn't do nothing but then also the, i got the rest of the day to just be like hey let's eat let's go mm -hmm. swim or whatever you know yeah take a leisurely stroll but not all this other hyperactivity stuff no yeah mm -hmm. like going on a cruise oh at eight o'clock we gotta wake up and do this at nine o'clock we gotta go do this thing we gotta <laughs> no i want to sleep in I want yeah. to call room service and I want to be fat on the side of the boat with two ice cream cones. <laughs> that is a vacation for me. Right. I don't want right. just one. Like I literally, the two last trip cream. that I went on, I yeah. stared at the guy as he was giving me ice cream and he put one in my hand and I looked at him like, where is the other one? <laughs> Excuse yeah. me. I, I don't know if you see this other empty <laughs> hand uh, on the other. I literally hand. just looked at him like, and he was like, oh, another one. And I just gave him the like, yes, like that is You're what like, this vacation is for. I yes, plan DJ to be Khaled. fat on that deck. Yes, so, exactly. please. Mm -hmm. Amazing. All right. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk some news. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring the Kardashians, of course. And season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and it's waiting for you on Hulu. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. And we're back. And Gavin Newsom has been pretty spicy when it comes to like kind of coming out and criticizing the central democratic strategy when it comes to this latest midterm election run up. He's he's, you know, couching it as this is just I'm I'm making pragmatic statements about how the Democratic Party is losing the messaging to the Republican Party ahead of the 2022 midterms. But for framing something as pragmatic, first of all, it seemed a lot like second guessing as the Titanic is two feet away from the iceberg. Like it's (laughs) it's late, man. It's late to be saying this shit. But yeah, his his quote is we're getting crushed on narrative. We're going to have to do better in terms of getting on the offense and stop being on the damn defense. So, mm. you know when a mm. politician says damn. They mean business. They mean yeah. business. He didn't say darn. He said damn. He said so it's not that the... serious. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> if you went to darn, I'd be like, whoa, whoa. Uh-oh. What's going on? Uh-oh, no. Where are we at? What level are we at? Threat level midnight. 
<laughs> he acknowledged the midterm environment feels like a red wave. Democrats have sought to tone down the possibility, but he's coming through now and being like, hey, I'm just being pragmatic. This looks bad. And <laughs> I don't know. It just man. feels way too late. And I, I also just I had a weird experience. My house gets a lot of trick or treaters. Our whole neighborhood was blanketed with these flyers about former guest Ugo Soto Martinez that are, you know, it, it has Ugo's face photoshopped onto like a communist mural. And mm. it's just, it's real like over the top. Wake up, District 13. You are about to have a socialist puppet running the neighborhood. Vote no on Ugo. Uh, Photoshop on Photoshop on the back is a socialist is a puppet of the Democratic Socialists of America, but it was weird. It was like being handed out by like a twelve year old kid was like dropping it in people's like candy bowls and on people's front lawns. <laughs> it it was such a wild like dark arts of politics type move. Like I don't know what the aim was of having a child do this, but it does. It just does feel like the Democrats mainstream democrats are willing to get in like go on the offensive when it comes to going against uh, course, a candidate that is to the left that's always been like you know we it's it's like that self-preservation mechanism because anything mm -hmm. anything to the left of where the mainstream or like you know the established democratic party is is has to begin to confront capitalism that's just the that's all it is like when you cross that line you're gonna get cooked that's right. Like, and I think it's really simple there when you have somebody who's like, I'm not going to get played like in the same way Mitch O'Farrell is. And like, what we need to do is support people, have less police and all this other stuff. And like, really talk about investing in the community and what's the best way to do that and who needs to be paying for that. It's just not going to work because, you know, the way our the way our, our our elected officials, you know, enter office most of the time is on the backs of you know, large dollar donors who are like, yeah, you and you're going to look out for my shit, right? When you get there, they're like, yes, absolutely. And that's why, the, you know, we, we, we have such a bizarre, you know, uh, balance of power in the city between, you know, like there's so many activists who are like, these are all the problems in our city. And then like people who are like, well, Rick Caruso paid me money to say it's all good and we just need to do a couple things and then we can ignore the unhoused. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the Democrat, the mainstream Democrats are also, also have a you know, run for the mayorship that is between somebody who's clearly a Republican who just claimed, just switched <laughs> right. parties last minute is a billionaire, a real estate billionaire. And they're not fighting very hard against that dude. They're not, I'm not seeing these flyers dropped like, like from a plane basically to push back on Rick Caruso. I'm, I'm seeing them dropped to push back on the progressive candidate. Yeah. And I mean, it's, yeah, this is just, I mean, this is just this is like every, like history runs like this all the time. You know, like yeah. liberals are going to just turn their backs on leftists the fucking second the shit hits the fan. Like there's I've not you know, like there's so much from history to, to say this is what is going to happen. And we've already kind of seen like you already see how the Democrats are already shying away from so many really existential battles that exist for people in the country. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we're. They're barely saying shit about gay or trans people right now. Yeah. Fucking nothing. Barely. Yeah. 
They haven't like, said yeah, anything fuck. about the cost of living. They haven't said anything about gas being so high. Like people are barely making it at this point. I want to say I am looking at this picture and I have a qualm because it looks like somebody did it on Microsoft Paint. I would, right, yeah. when Canva is, Canvas is right when there. Right. <laughs> like it just, it bothers me that it looks like somebody did it on Paint. That's just the only it right looks thing like someone came up with the idea that night and was like, we got to get these flyers out. Like it's like it's an 80s Tomorrow. movie where they're trying to like mm-hmm. save the. <laughs> There's know, no yeah. thought oh, no. whatsoever. Yeah. Oh, no. Somebody who organized hotel workers for a better life is trying to take that same energy to this and apply that to the city. Right. Oh, no. That's yeah. like. And again, then they're using all this dumb shit about socialist puppet. Like, OK, thanks, Fox News. We get it. It's all the shook mm-hmm. rich people who are like, huh, huh, huh. like they're coming for us. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, right. It's, mm-hmm. it's so disingenuous. But again, I'm not surprised in a city that like constantly protects people who are just there to uphold the status quo. And that's just mm-hmm. I think it's that's everywhere. And I think that makes it more important, massively important for people to understand, like what the stakes are and know who who's who is saying what when they try and get your vote or what they think they're going to be able to achieve in office. Um, because mm-hmm. for too long, it's always been like, what is it? Like, most people really are just blue no matter who. And that's it. It's just like, I don't know. I go mm-hmm. in and it's a dee 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 boom. Done. Yeah. Don't know what don't know what they're talking about. But right. Which is better than the alternative. But still, like, but, like the alternative of red no matter who. But it's still the status quo, I think. At the end yeah, of the day, it's and that's the status quo. And the, f- the fact that the Democratic Party is incapable of fighting hard unless it's fighting against leftists for some reason or you know it's incapable of fighting against this a status quo that public energy has turned against public public well the thing is they are the status quo so they can't do anything except fucking run to protect the status quo that's all it is it's that simple like it's that spider-man meme where they're all pointing at each other but it's literally them they're pointing at themselves yeah, right. status quo status oh oh mm-hmm. oh wow okay we thought mm-hmm. oh and we're may- maybe not superheroes and i think that's why the impulse is well who are these people who are trying to fuck up the status quo correct right they're not correct. welcome here Attack. if you're here to if you know how to talk and you know what the you know what fucking time it is then sure come aboard welcome yeah. but if you're talking some real you know like real liberation type shit they're gonna be like whoa whoa this guy's a socialist puppet and i think it's really mm-hmm. fucked up and the other thing, too, uh, just with uh, just to kind of address something that Gavin Newsom's talking about, he's like, man, like, you know, there's like this this red wave is coming. There's a lot of talk of this. And there's only recently has there been a lot of like actual analysis, quantitative analysis into mm. right. how the you. Republicans are actually like because real clear politics and uh, 538 basically do like a like a an average of public polls. Like Republicans have been really like being like, yo, we need to put out more polls to see if we can shift things a little bit and change the numbers. And a lot of people have been like, they're they're averaging a lot of weird polls in there. Not to say that there is no red wave or the Democrats are like, don't worry about anything. But there's like misinformation or just pressure campaigns from like every fucking dimension right now going into these Mm. midterms. That it's just so much that even like Democrats like, what the fuck is the poll saying without really looking at it? And then being like, what have we been not doing when, again, it's just the solution's always simple. It's just, you know, invest in people who have less. Like, Mm -hmm. and if you're unequivocal about that, 
it's gonna it'll resonate more than saying shit like these whatever like whatever fucking political buzzwords either party uses like like everyone is so afraid of like just speaking really clearly and that's really all i mean i think that's that's the magic in communicating to people but because our political you know the way we speak or at least people who are running for politics or in office is so like Mm -hmm. well-defined that the second you deviate it's like it just sets off fucking alarm bells for people I just wanted to get this point in as I'm listening to you all talk about this. The thing that has been bugging me the most about watching all of this is I find that (laughs) I always say this in certain iterations and people are always like, wow, I never thought about this. And I just wanted to drop this dime here or drop this piece here that I think that we, even as though we're trying to talk about democracy, there's still this conversation of folks who are invested in privilege versus liberation. And I think that's the Mm -hmm. thing Mm -hmm. that's kind of getting everybody all messed up, right? There's this notion that, oh, well, I'm democratic or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a dim, so I do this, this, that, and the other, but I'm going, but are you still rooted? Is your work being rooted in making sure that, you know, we have liberty, that we have justice, that we have access, or that we even can just fucking live? Like, at this point, so many of us are living check to check, especially here on the West Coast. And so there's all of these things that folks are saying, but I'm still going, yeah, that's rooted in privilege. That's not rooted in the idea that you want to actually do something about the issues that we all, as marginalized people, face here on the West Coast. But that's neither here nor there i just wanted to drop that no and i think that is an important distinction for people to make within themselves right Mm -hmm. because there's one version which is like well i just want stability and like this person seems like they're offering it and there's another where you say i cannot abide while so many people suffer and we have to fucking get our heads out of the fucking ground and realize we need to pursue what you're talking about is liberation the idea Mm -hmm. that the, that you can liberate somebody or free them from an oppressive situation they're in, that that is the end goal, that people do not have to experience an existence like that. And if that if you center that, then a lot of the shit politicians say look like bullshit and sound like bullshit because you're like, wait, because it talking is about. Yeah, right. Exactly. Because you're mm-hmm. saying, oh, you know what? That's that's not really liberate. They're not talking about real liberation here. They're just talking about policy to help sort of alter the status quo in small ways to sort of keep the temperature down that people aren't like, man, we got to blow this whole thing up. Like this whole system that we have is completely fucked up and we need something Mm -hmm. different. And I think that's why right now they're fighting so hard against people, especially younger people who are less religious and Mm -hmm. want like are like, yo, man, we've been fucked over by y'all policies for a minute now. I think we have some new shit we want to bring to the table. That's why so much energy is put into being like, no, shut these fucking people down. Shut them the fuck Mm -hmm. down. Yeah. And the death of the energy behind the like, it's just the the Republicans. I mean, this kind of ties into the, you know, attempted assassination of Nancy Pelosi that is being like turned into just like a punchline on the right. Right. And just. You know, the mainstream media is reporting on it, but it's I don't that side is the only side that is preaching a message that is an alternative to the status quo. Because, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the Democrats are still the the funding is behind the status quo. The you know, the the entire industry of Democrat, you know, political consultants is behind the status quo. They're using old data to be like, well, the Democrats just need to capture this broad middle by being centrist and and staying steering clear of socialism and like that word being and 
that's where all the money is, but that's not where any of the any of the energy is. And so the fact that the only energy that is outside of the status quo is this like fascist, violent movement on the right is it's just a really you know, we, we've talked about that, that like the only alternative that's being offered to the mainstream Republicans and Democrats is fascism on the right. Like that's dangerous. And this is what you start to see is that people see, you know, the sight of someone breaking into a mansion. And it's something that like both sides have been, you know, saying to some degree is like, you know, the the only time they'll start listening is like by going into into mansions and, and making them listen. And like the fascists are the first ones to get there. And it's it's just like a really dangerous time you know because like Mm -hmm. there there is that energy and like that they're downplaying an attempted assassination and getting away with it because that that's they are acting on the thing that you know steve bannon saw in the lead up to the 2016 election and a lot of people saw in the lead up to the 2016 election which is like america needs an alternative that's outside the mainstream system and Mm -hmm. if you're if the only person offering that is a fascist that's what they're gonna go with and it's Mm. just i i don't see where this turns around like this is kind of the darkest outlook i've ever seen for the country because we're we're at that place that we had feared we would get to when fascism is the only alternative outside of this thing that nobody believes in and now it's being kind of normalized like fascism and fascist mm-hmm. violence is just being normalized it's a it's a really dangerous scary fucking place i know you guys talked about it yesterday but this is just I me mean, hopping no, in I mean, and saying a, yeah man this is fucking scary like Bryn Tannehill, mm. I, uh, there's a a piece in the new republic called we don't have a political violence problem like republicans do and I think it's from Tim Noah, but Bryn Tannehill was re- like referencing in this tweet thread because the work like that she was doing, like just being in Iraq, watching that place completely yeah. tear itself apart. And she's saying like it this is li- this is quite literally how it starts. You know, you have an aggrieved party that's going to come in and, and retaliations will begin and people will begin to be like, OK, they're like even increased fracturing as like this kind of stuff becomes more normal. But just saying that it it's it doesn't take much for things to completely go south like this. But also mm-hmm. the idea that Republicans that that they are also miscalculating that they that the idea that they could just come to power and everyone will accept it and that there will be mm-hmm. no resistance. That's happened in some places. But there's also a lot to say that this is also the time when insurgent groups really also begin to develop, too. And also start enacting retaliatory violence against the the party in power, and just and then away we go, right? Yeah. Uh, and once well, that happens, as she says, it's like once the toothpaste out of the mm-hmm. tube, that's it. What do you do? Yeah. Right. What do you do? I was yeah. going to say, I think the biggest thing that I've been watching is 
I mean, for, was it six, seven years, we've watched certain people in positions of power do things and there was no, rep, you know, there's no repercussions for it. And so that's the reason why we're seeing so much of this happen. It's like, well, you know, if this person in privilege is not going to get in trouble for doing X, Y, and Z, then I'll just do it too. And I think that that's where that privilege conversation comes from too. Like there's, we're, we're talking about the issues, yes, but no one is talking about the way that white supremacy has moved and continues to move to tell people that they can do things and get away with it. And I think that's the thing for me where I've been sitting with for maybe the last, you know, we see kind of glimpses of, you know, people getting thrown in jail or people being subpoenaed and we having this. But I think that's why so many people were so upset with that January 6th kind of, you know, uh, council that they put together because they were saying, why is it taking so long for, <laughs> for somebody who clearly did this terribly heinous thing to be, you know, to be treated as a criminal. And so now you have people making criminal and doing criminal things and being like, well, if he didn't get in trouble for it, then why, why, you know, yeah. why will I? It's it's whatever. So it's just, it, you know, I agree. I, it is a very scary time. And it, especially for someone like myself who is queer and black and very vocal yeah. about it, it just, it, it always makes me wonder, you know, who's watching me or who's watching right. other folks like myself who are doing the work. You mm -hmm. know? Yeah. There's an interesting stat, you know, that she talks about how like 45 percent of Americans are ready to basically are just in favor of the idea that America should be a Christian nation. Mm, but then you right. couple that with the fact that young people are much less likely to be religious at all. So on one side, you'll have a group of religious people who feel like this is the identity of the country, plus probably a, like a, a numerical majority of people who aren't uh, looking for like some to live in some kind of theocracy. And yeah. talks about how that you're going to have an increased population to of young people, a largely secular majority of young people who have little economic prospects, no say in government and no hope for peaceful change. What the fuck do you think mm -hmm. is going to happen? Because this is pretty much an exact description of the situation in Iran, except there are 390 million guns just lying around. That's right. Yeah. I mean, when you read there, there's a Guardian article uh, where, you know, some Yet another expert is like, I used to think a U.S. civil war was unlikely. Then I did this poll and, you know, realized that with these opinions and this many guns were, mm. were uh, America. This was in The Guardian. So it's somebody from, you know, at least the article is from an overseas perspective being like, it, it's pretty bleak over there. Mm. And there's something really interesting, too. There was a, a just there was a, another a poll recently about like. The, the concept of the threat to democracy that each like how each party sees it. Right. right. Democrats see the 79 percent believe that there are threats to the democracy. And when they follow up with qualitatively, <laughs> what does that mean exactly? The answer is candidates not accepting election results. That's the biggest threat that they see. Seventy six percent of Republicans also believe that there are threats to our democracy. How would they define that? They divide, define that as, quote, votes not being counted accurately. Mm -hmm. So yeah. you see like how there's this there. We're looking at this same coin. You know what I mean? But just from yeah. both sides. And mm -hmm. it, it's and it's like it's really toxic because we're throughout all of this, the chaos of it all, too. We're also like leaving we're leaving out the big part of what fuels a lot of this move towards this shit, which is, again, inequality which is right. lack of opportunity, yeah. which yeah. is a, if people are so destitute and I, I referenced this yesterday that psychologically people will be more open to someone who's like, hey, man, I got these fucking rules 
and there will be control. And people will say, you know what? I kind of like that because I feel I felt way too out of control and shifts felt way too chaotic for me. And if I have to give up some rights, then so be it. Yeah. The one thing I will say is like to watch young people rally around each other and like support each other. Like in high schools, you see this like with like a lot of kids, like, you know, with there's some kind of bullshit anti-LGBTQ policy comes in and you see students actually yeah. organize themselves to support each other. That is an intangible that I look at. I'm like, that's interesting for sure. I don't know yeah. where that goes. But again, like to the point that Brent Tannehill's making is you clearly have young people who are looking at the world a different way, too. And right. they also they're th like these people will become older and will become adults and living under a situation like this again. Yeah. To her point is like, it's not a good you. This isn't a recipe you want. And to your mm. point, psychologically, we're dealing with two massive things that are draining any energy, any ability of people to get behind energetically the status quo. I've, I've multiple things, but, you know, two things that just aren't acknowledged is one, the steady state of economic inequality, like starting with the 2008, like, you know, economic crisis and the fact that the people who were running a scam just got away with it and got bonuses and that can that system continues to run the economy it just feels like it's an underrated reality that everybody just kind of moves past but that's i think that's where a lot of this energy started and then the climate change that we talked about earlier this week that climate change is this massive existential problem like couldn't be a bigger problem that the powers that be the current like status quo powers have just continued to kind of ignore or kind of not do anything about while acknowledging that it's an existential threat like psychologically like those any you know energy you try to pour into the mainstream status quo like democrat or republican party like those are pretty big drains. Like those are that's going to sap sap energy pretty quickly right. for a, any type of solution. But it just it feels like it's been sort of digested and like built into how we talk about these things. But those those are I think big reasons why young people are having to come up with alternate solutions faster than the the mainstream media is ready to even acknowledge mm -hmm. and that's why aliens won't visit us <laughs> they've I mean, I, I, they're slowing so, down in my i'm opinion. like please we'll, come on we'll, we'll get it together come back please <laughs> but help us like you please help us we don't know what we're doing please please take please. me on vacation yeah. i will gladly pay an alien to abduct me at this yeah. point <laughs> Yeah. Take me away in your jean jacket. I don't give a fuck, man. Please. Fucking, I don't give oh. a fuck anymore. I've seen everything but God at this point. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like, uh, where the fuck was I going to go? Oh, so like, you know, just like this generational divide, right? You have this, all of our leaders are like septuagenarians who have, who have managed to say, you know what? My greedy ass managed to get it this far thinking like this and do all this shit. Yeah. What's really the problem with it? Then you have another half of the fucking world who was either trying to get on in 2008 or were children in 2008 and said, why the fuck are my parents crying? Why the fuck mm. do we have to move? Why the fuck are we in a van now? 
why the fuck is why did this happen? Why the fuck did my why did we go broke because my grandpa got sick? A lot of people are growing up in that reality, too, and they don't realize there's no amount of propaganda that will erase like the actual human experience of like witnessing suffering firsthand. And all, all, as these people who are looking at the world a little bit different, like, well, like, shit, I didn't benefit from Reagan's tax cuts. I didn't right. benefit from this other shit. I mean, I grew up in an environment there, but my lived experience as someone trying to become an adult, put my like go to, you know, get a job after college and do all this other shit. That whole idea of how the world works was completely just exploded. And so a lot of us come in, come into adulthood being like, well, all of this shit is wrong. And right. that's mm -hmm. kind of like the tension that we're, you know, that, like that we're really experiencing between, you know, leaders and younger people. But again, the sort of the the reaction or the instincts of those in power is like, okay, this just like my grandkids, they're spoiled. You know what I mean? They're well, spoiled. Yeah. They're just, and the are. body They'll politic right. of America is allergic to socialism and it lacks any similar allergy to fascism. So it's gonna, mm. that, that is, is gonna take 10 times the energy to push for leftist reforms than it will to get fascist reforms but yeah i mean like when you start off being like yo god told me i could kick y'all the fuck out of here right <laughs> is the fucking is in your dna yeah <laughs> i don't know how the fuck i don't know how the fuck you turn that clock back right i honestly don't you know what i mean like that is probably like just that idea of manifest destiny and chattel slavery and like all of that to build this country up then kind of look away from it and be like, yeah, we were just kind of here, babe. I don't know. It's kind of like this, you know, to betray those realities. You know, it really it, it just permeates through everything and our like patterns of exploitation and things like that. So, you know, and I think that's that's why a huge part of not having to teach history or have these reckonings is, you know, helps people kind of go along with things and be like, yeah, this, it seemed to seem to work to this point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, speaking of turning the clock back, a new hey. Netflix series is turning the clock back to a time. Uh, we're going to talk about Blockbuster, <laughs> the new Netflix show. Uh, we'll be right back. You like to watch new stuff, right, Zygang? I know I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump. Join Lisa and her hand-selected staff at Chateau Rosabelle, a glamorous estate in the French countryside, as they live, work, and play together 24-7. Vanderpump Villa is where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. And don't miss the new season of The Kardashians, uh, starring The Kardashians, of course. And... Season five promises new horizons for the entire Kardashian clan. And if you're looking for steamy streams, check out Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise. The sizzling new reality show set on the tropical Caribbean island of Grand Cayman, where the rich come to play. But be warned, it's a small island and secrets don't stay secret for long. So come check out what's new on Hulu this month. It's streaming now and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If 
you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's full regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. And we're back. And yeah, so Blockbuster, which depending on your age is like sort of a an old, it, it's like Atari for a younger generation where it's like, <laughs> I've heard y'all talk right. about this. I don't really fuck with it. It sounds bad, but oh, I can see your nostalgia for it. But they were the big person on the block when Netflix came around. And Mm -hmm. Netflix tried to sell to them and Blockbuster, I think, literally laughed them out of the room, laughed in their face. And now (laughs) Netflix, now Blockbuster, there is one Blockbuster left. Netflix made a little documentary about it that was like, oh, look at this cute little guy still still sticking around. Right. And now they turn that because that was very popular into a whole series, which yeah, I mean, our writer JM was like, it's a little like if Luke Skywalker made a sitcom all about the day-to-day operations of the Death Star, because it's just, <laughs> y- y'all are supposed to be enemies, but... Right. <laughs> so, like, after he blew it up, he comes through <laughs> and is like, and then let's make this silly show about what it was like to <laughs> try and find love in the Death Star. <laughs> Moments before. But it's also a little bit like... If somebody made a sitcom, you know, 20 years from now, if Amazon just eats all Walmarts and Walmarts no longer exist, if everyone's like, remember Walmarts? Those were the days (laughs) and (laughs) and makes a sitcom about like, you know, fun, quirky, the last little quirky Walmart in existence. They had humans greet. They put the old people at the front to say hi. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Was that before or after the robots? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, before, before, before. Which oh. I guess is the premise of Superstore, right? It's yeah. like a quirky, every day, a li- day in the life look at a Walmart, even though it's called Cloud Nine. But yeah. I think it, I don't think it's like, man, this place is great. I, I actually haven't seen Superstore, but I'm assuming it's not like, man, these, <laughs> this is, this is where it's American it's dreams go to live and right we have such 90s nostalgia though right now you know what yeah, i mean like very that are do people i remember this summer kids walking around with like blockbuster fucking shorts like all over print blockbuster shit and i was like mm-hmm. the fuck is that like there was somebody me- at the party this weekend dressed as a blockbuster guy like he had on the hat and the wow. shirt and it said blockbuster and it looked original like i don't know if he dug it out of like his you know one of those random places, right. like a storage unit or something, but he <laughs> right. genuinely had on all the apparel from Blockbuster and was carrying around a Blockbuster like tape box with him. Yeah. It's really interesting. It's so. just, I don't like, it's like everything is like sort of a nod to like, remember you said like see people? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I think that's a lot of it. Like there was yeah. also this New York Times article about Roku City being, it was just basically like them reporting on a meme. They're, they're like, this is kind of turning into a public art project, but then they don't really mention any art other than people like in tweets speculating it's about like what it would Roku be City, like to right. live in Roku City. But they do <laughs> suggest, which I think is probably accurate, like it kind of this meme blew up when we were in the pandemic and we were just looking through our TV screens at a city that still seemed to be alive. And that shit was oh, a screensaver. It's a screensaver. <laughs> it's not like people are like, like a yay. metaverse. Yeah. yeah. You're like, wow. Yeah. The Avengers Tower is back there. If you have a Roku TV or like a Roku box or stick or whatever, like it's like a screensaver within that. So if you, you know, if you're using like any other system, you're, you're not. Gonna, yeah. Like Apple TV has the Roku. kind of yeah. gliding drone shots that are mm-hmm. overhead. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's like that, except instead of being like a photographs or you know video of real cities they've invented a crudely animated like Mm. city that has you know giant robot attacks happening and uh volcanoes going off and little um little easter eggs to you know real hollywood right so it's basically like that wall that they're building did you hear about that that long strip and they said it's going to take like 90 minutes to get from one end to the other and they're like putting all these millions of people in this wall and they're not supposed i don't know if you heard about that that's what it feels like to me they're building and they say it's 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 actually happening there's i think it's somewhere in the middle east but they're trying to saudi arabia i think so yeah the thing that just looks like a big mirror like in the sand yeah the mirror yes. city, yeah, I <laughs> right. guess. But that's what it feels like, or at least that's what I'm hearing. No, no, this that is way more futuristic. Like Roku City feels like like uh it's more like a hand like animated looking. So it feels okay. a little less like hyper realistic and more just like it's like looking in a snow globe on your TV. Ah, okay. Yeah, and being okay. like, Wow, good people of Roku City. I wish I could live there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like kind of the vibe. <laughs> Some people tweet shit like that. Yeah, the New York Times article, interestingly, like interviews the person who designed it, but they're like, we had to interview them through a Roku, like a series of Roku executives because they no longer work for Roku. They now work for Pixar, but it sounds like they did it on as a freelancer. They were just like, yeah, I just like kind of, you know, 
pulled a couple things, didn't think much of it, pulled a couple like old designs from other projects I had. And suddenly it's like, he was like, someone said to me that it might be the most viewed piece of art ever because it's just constantly on in households that have Roku and a lot of households have Roku and it is like it turns on. You can't escape it. If you're in a household that has Roku, it's going to pop on. You're living in Roku City, baby. Yeah. So there's a, there's only one option, <laughs> which is wild. But yeah. Anyways, just a, you know, L.A., they're also going to do some blockbuster nostalgia. They did a blockbuster themed pop up speakeasy for those of you who want to get drunk while wandering aisles filled with DVD copies of the Pelican Brief and Kangaroo Jack. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic films. <laughs> that fantastic. Was, that's Aww. something that I, f- I feel like any of these reminiscences of Blockbuster are going to leave out that an, an entire wall was filled up with whatever new release there was coming mm-hmm. from. Like, Titanic right. took up half of the just... It it was store really yeah, yeah it was somewhat surreal because mm-hmm. it would just be thousands of copies of the same thing it's like couldn't y'all just be like ask us if you're looking for Titanic and like <laughs> we you don't need to just put a thousand boxes of it out because it's that God a, yeah. damn that's a lot of Titanic boxes <laughs> yeah, it really is <laughs> and it's on two tapes well, yeah <laughs> oh God yeah good. Yeah, yeah God. I mean, yeah. I think it's just that that was the setup, though. You know what I mean? Like, they just knew when a movie came out. We knew what you were looking for. They'd have 700,000 copies of it. Yeah. And fuck your local video store because Blockbuster had all that shit. You know what I mean? Like, I remember we used to go to this one place called Video West where yeah. it was like they had art, like art fucking movies. And my dad would want, like, you know, shit like that. But then you could get like a Ninja Turtle tape or whatever for me. <laughs> and then once Blockbuster pulled up, like, two blocks from my house we we're like oh fuck that like yeah. we, they got fucking everything and you could buy fucking goobers okay yeah mm-hmm. hey blockbuster mm-hmm. and they got a refrigerator case and i think that was you know i think what also happened there too is like it also was like th- there was a lot of other shit that wasn't available anymore at block like when you went to a blockbuster like it all sort of sort of conformed to like what the whatever mainstream entertainment mm-hmm. there was that was out there yeah i just want to know when we're going to get the story behind hollywood video when are we going to get that right. detail? Mm. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, did they have Hollywood video out by you? Any, wait, was Hollywood video nationwide? I, I, I think so. it was. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure they had Hollywood video in Lexington, Massachusetts when I lived there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it looks like it was. Uh, yeah, they had they had many, many shows, many, many stores. But they came after Blockbuster, right? Wasn't when, yeah. when, when we start to see the downfall of Warehouse and Blockbuster is when Hollywood Video kind of swooped in. They became kind right. of like the best buy to what happened to Circuit City. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, our, our former uh, guest, Kate Hagen, was pointing out that Disney Plus and Netflix combined only has about 40% of the collection size of your average local Blockbuster. Wow. So, Damn, I mean, I thought Blockbuster was light. <laughs> yeah. Holy so, shit. It's, yeah. I mean, I, I understand, like, and, and it's cool to just, like, yeah, like you said earlier, see people, smell I'm candy. You, I'm telling you, every, <laughs> there's, I've read so many studies recently that are just talking about how just so much normal shit is gone. Like, right. the yeah. idea that, like, you gotta go, you gotta run out for something, 
which inherently right. meant you were out in the street, like you were around people or like that there were places that you would like gather where the main function of gathering wasn't to buy something. Mm. Like we don't really have spaces like that in the US. Like yeah. there's no there's no town square or whatever. Like everything's like you go to a bar or you go to this, like whatever, you go to the movie theater and things like that. There aren't just like places that like the idea or we've moved away from just these other things like in other cultures that are much more prevalent about being like we meet up at this place and then we kind of shoot mm -hmm. the shit talk somebody brings beers or whatever we get to smoke cigarettes like you know people just do their shit there's just all these like really small things of like interaction that are just slowly slowly eroding away and i mean i, I can only i that has to be a huge part into why people are so invested in like this nostalgic stuff i know i am because that is mm -hmm. what i think about i think about yeah. not necessarily that i'm like Man, I didn't know shit about geopolitics when I was 11. I want to go back to then. I mean, shit, I would like to. But there was also something about like the idea that like I felt like there were just more I felt like there were more possibilities rather than yeah. like they're like, I don't know, you going out to do these three things? Then why are you going out? Right. And I think that's yeah. like, yeah, there's, there's like I don't know, there's I a lot read of that, that article too and it made me think about I Related but not related, the same notion of like, um, I saw an article about how malls are dying and mm -hmm. like the malls becoming a thing of yesteryear. And I was thinking that like it used to be a thing. Saturday, you would go to the mall, you would yep. spend all day, you know, trousing through all of the different stores, listening to music at, you know, Sam Goodies or whatever. And then at night, you would go to Blockbuster, get your video and, you know, invite your friends over and you would watch movies. And it just nothing feels like that anymore. Like I even find myself being like, man, I miss those days of like, yesteryear really of being yeah. able to go into blockbuster getting the smell and also that little tap thing that they would put on your you know <laughs> that they would pass you when oh, you forgot to rewind something or it was late right oh, yeah. you know so i <laughs> like the little green tab that that basically you said right. you didn't rewind your movie uh -uh -uh. like that that right. for me is what i miss mm. yeah, yeah. I, I don't know yeah there is and I, I get like other places where I think LA is particularly fucked up in this sense because yeah. it's so sprawling. It's the, so poorly fucking planned. It's like hostile if you don't have a car. So Very that because of that, like we're we're also, we're experiencing that like in a, at an accelerated pace. Mm -hmm. But I think that's I think that's just the other part of it is like you realize there are a lot of things we take for granted that like, oh, shit, like I actually have to put the effort now to be like, hey, you want to go to the park? We just go kick the fucking ball, man. Let's go fucking do like just some other shit that were that was like less tied to like consumption really and i i think mm. that's just like a really fucked up part of like living in america is like because we were hit with so much marketing and shit everything's about like what you doing are you grind are you on your grind oh are you balling no <laughs> what yeah. the fuck are you doing and it's like what? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, in the bad culture gotta start waking up at mm. three to work out to right yeah. right it's like how about just was it, you know, are talking? you lambo yeah <laughs> how how, how are you lambo, lambo? How you oh, get to yeah. Lambo, yeah. Let me oh let me check my update. Am I Lambo? Nope, I am not Lambo yet. So <laughs> sorry, man, I can't talk to you about your problems because I'm not Lambo. That's right. Right, right. So D Lambo your fucking mind. And really, like, I think, you know, like that's what I'm like. I've people I used to play music with, I'm always like, yo, let's jam, let's jam. I want to fucking play. I want to fucking do some just like get together and like just connect more than like, let's go to let's get together and check out this new restaurant. Mm. Yeah. Let's do stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, anyway, just to close the loop on Blockbuster, I, I think because oh, yeah. this is a story about the last Blockbuster, it's going to make Blockbuster seem like an indie video store um, just for 
the sake of posterity, Blockbuster was the Walmart of video. They (laughs) put everybody else out of business by, you know, having economies of scale, doing deals with the studios, giving the studios a percentage of of a cut of rentals for new releases. They also caved to the pressure of right-wing evangelical customers by banning NC17 titles from their stores, Mm. meaning movies like Requiem for a Dream and Crash the good one, the Cronenberg one, had to release censored, R-rated versions that didn't really make sense. And they also just didn't have Scorsese's Last Temptation of Christ. And I I Mm. think that, like, hurt that movie's ability to kind of enter the bloodstream of of the zeitgeist because it just wasn't, it wasn't on video, you know? You don't say Mm. Christians, evangelical Christians, are controlling what we see. Yeah. The, the, the point of this is obviously to go back to a time when everybody felt safe, but you're still subject to a lot of the, the same bullshit. It just mm-hmm. wasn't as overt as, as we're seeing more and more today. Yeah. And see, if you went to Video West, they would have that uncut version of Requiem for a Dream. You yeah. Know what I mean, that's right. Well, Dr. John Paul Higgins, what a pleasure to have you back yes. on the Daily Zeitgeist. It's always a joy. Where can people find you, follow you, hear you, all that good stuff? All right. Well, when I am not dancing around a Krispy Kreme, you can find <laughs> me on social media by using the handle at Dr. John Paul. You have to spell John, J-O-N. It's not J-O-H, and I get that a lot. Hey, so it's D-O-C-T-O-R-J-O-N-P-A-U-L. Um, you can also visit me at www.drjohnpaul.com. There you go. And also on the Black Fat Film yes. Podcast. There you go. We literally drop every Tuesday, and it's a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. So, yes, head over Black Fat Film Podcast on the iHeart Network. And is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes. So I enjoyed this tweet today. It's someone yesterday said, uh, well, first, Trash Jones (laughs) said, what is your most benign, unpopular opinion? I don't mean like the earth is flat type of unpopular opinion. I mean, like, I think golden retrievers are annoying, unpopular opinion. Mm. Someone (laughs) quote tweeted that by saying eggplant is not good. And I, it was Lindsay Boylan who said that. And I agree 100%. Eggplant is nasty. And y'all keep trying to push it on me. It is not good. It tastes like it tastes like skin. It just is like if you like it just. Now I'm not uh, gonna ask like uh, any. No, wait. well, I I lovingly bite my partner. I lovingly like oh, okay. just like you know, kind of like. Have you ever seen that gif with the hippo who just goes and bites the lady? Like kind of lovingly yeah, bites. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I do. Is I love bite my yeah, partner. Yeah, 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 yeah where yeah, I don't yeah. bite them, but like it. And it, that's what an eggplant feels like on. Like my palate, it feels like skinny. Ugh, I don't know. I just it's a, it doesn't. It's gross to me. So I love that tweet. Is your is your husband an eggplant? My, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Somehow, I, you know what? You're gonna open him. that cannon door. <laughs> so I was gonna say. Uh, but with that being said, no, my husband is not an eggplant. My husband is a human, but human being. Uh, okay, overall, fantastic. I just find eggplant to be very disgusting. I also don't like squash. I also don't think any form of squash. I just, I don't like those. Like, I don't know. What is it called? What do they call those? Yeah, with the squash is a gourd. Slimy inside. Yes, I don't like cantaloupe. I don't like any of the stuff with like 
the hard outside and the soft on the inside. It's gross. Oh, interesting. Mm. Okay. I love mm. eggplant. Yeah. No. Does that does that yeah. go for banana as well? Well, but I enjoy banana. I think banana's good. Yeah, I do love banana. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't really fuck with eggplant either. I'm a yeah, I'm gonna bite somebody and then have a bite of eggplant and see if I can <laughs> connect the dots there. I'm gonna try. Miles, where can people find you and what is a tweet you've been enjoying? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also check Jack and I out on our other podcast. Miles and Jack got Mad Boosties, our basketball Mad podcast. An episode dropped today. Uh, and also Sophia Alexander and I on our 90 Day Fiance podcast, 420 Day Fiance. Uh, some tweets I like. First one was from BET at BET. It was just a, a gif of uh, takeoff. It just said black men deserve to grow old. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt that. Um, and then another one is from uh, Burner at Burner Don't Ask tweeted Jordan Peterson. And then you know what he asked me in my own YouTube comments? You know what he asked me? If I'd tried Ligma, Joe Rogan. Wow. I haven't even heard of that before. What is it? Jordan Peterson, tears welling in his eyes. I replied much the same. <laughs> you know, that's the setup for Ligma balls. Uh, and that's for people who don't know that troll uh, call and response shit you do on the internet, that or BOFA. Um, and then M. Night, M. Nate Shamalon at M. Nate Shamalon tweeted, uh, if we all pay $8 for a checkmark and change our names to Elon Musk, I'm confident we can Jeremy Renner app this shit to death in a month. Mm. So, yeah, that might that might help cause a lot. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. I really liked some of the responses to the uh, unpop- benign, unpopular opinion tweet that Dr. John was talking about. One, one five should be considered an even number is one that I happen to agree with. And I got a <laughs> lot of a lot of likes. And then Wait, what? Hold on. What is what is the in your mind? Wh- how explain? Walk me through that. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> it just it just feels so div- so easily divisible. It goes into ten because like ten, 10 is 15, the most 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, ten is the most even number. So it feels like the number that you know is part is can you can count by fives and hit a ten. Yeah, every, it'll never every fuck you time. up multiplying. It's like it's either gonna be a five or a zero at the end of that one. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, okay. There's just something very even. The vibes are even. Okay, even vibes. <laughs> Even vibes. And then Guy Frera uh, tweeted, We ran out of fentanyl half an hour ago and we're still getting trick-or-treaters. I thought $45,000 worth would be enough, but I'll need to get even more next year. Which, yeah. So somebody tweeted, was like, they it actually happened because I guess some police force somewhere was like they someone accidentally handed out some nerds ropes with THC in it. And they're like, so we were right that drug dealers were going to hand out fentanyl to no. people system. Someone high, whatever. Did you see those tweets that where the dude was offering or people were offering a potato versus candy? <laughs> like no. they put that what? in the bowl just to see what kids would do. Just and like <laughs> amongst the candy would be like just a fucking like a rusty potato, potato or a golden potato in there. And they said, we'll let you know, like the findings that one person was just like, one girl proudly proclaimed, potato, she walked away from the door. And I was like, damn, <laughs> a lot of kids are fucking with the potato, I guess. 
That's amazing. Uh, all right. Well, you can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Footnote. Where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy? I think they're going to definitely enjoy this track from Lady Don Lee and the uh, the Legos Panic. It's called Thunderstorm and Surulere. And Lady Don Lee, she's, she's dope. She's like born in the States, but grew up in Nigeria and like has been going back and forth between like Nigeria, London and like Canada. It's just like, a, they, you know, I think she calls herself the Pan-African rock star. And I think that's a good description. This song is really dope because it's got like very like you could tell the like Afrobeat influence in it, but also like kind of that rock feel. And I just think it's super interesting. Her her music's dope. So this is Lady Donnelly, D-O-N-L-I. And this is called Thunderstorm in Surulere, S-U-R-U-L-E-R-E. Amazing. Well, we'll link off to that in the footnotes. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That is going to do it for us this morning. Back this afternoon to tell you what is trending, and we will talk to you all then. Bye. 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 Zeitgang, you like to watch new stuff, right? I mean, who doesn't? I do. Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time, like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama, a new season of The Kardashians starring the Kardashians, of course, and Grand Cayman Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's streaming now, and it's waiting for you on Hulu. Here's something you might not know about wireless. Sometimes what you see isn't what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 per month, taxes and fees included. Switch now at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.